The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country, visit ViStarCU.org and ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is Dooley Noted, everything Florida Gators, with your host, Pat Dooley. Hello there, everybody. Uh, This is Pat Dooley and the Dooley Noted podcast, which we're going to bring to you today. And uh, look, we're going to do whatever we can to give you some content. We've been doing that very hard or working very hard at the newspaper uh, to try to get you stuff on, for the website and for the newspaper. We're going to keep plugging away uh, through this disaster, this crisis. Um, we're going to try at some point to get where I can do possibly a, a video version of the podcast. But look, I, I'm, I'm quarantined here at home. Um, my wife just will not let me out now because I think she got mad at me because I I did, I was kind of, look, I was one of the people that was, I would say in the 70 percentile of being smart, but certainly I wasn't in the 100 percentile. I was doing things, I was going into stores and publics and stuff like that. But at my age, I needed to not be doing anything. So I am totally shut down for a few days here or probably for several weeks, maybe months. Who knows in terms of going out. And um, but I've, I've had a lot of people ask me if I could uh, if I was, you know, where is my podcast? We want it back. We want to to listen to it. And uh, so I figured I'd try this, try it this way. I'm literally just dictating this into my phone. Then I'll send it into Brad McClenney who does such a great job for us. And hopefully you can get it up online. It may not be as long as it normally is because obviously we don't have any sports to talk about. Uh, I guess a little bit, uh, but we will, uh, we will get into the college football part. That is one of the biggest stories that's going on. Of course, in our neck of the woods, it's huge, gigantic, enormous. Uh, because uh, we're all wondering what's going to happen here uh, with college football. But look, there's only one big story right now, and we all know what that big story is, and that is people dying, people getting sick, people dealing with a crisis, our economy, uh, which is a real major worry, and I'm going to talk about how that affects college football. But I'm not going to sit here and preach about this COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever whatever name you're going to put to it, the pandemic, uh, because the reason you're probably clicking on this is you want to talk some sports. And, um, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to talk about it. But look, it's all about how this is affecting sports. Um, I will tell you something that's a little secret. Right now, now I have a policy, and it's a policy that most people in journalism, 99.9% of journalists do uh, agree with. And that is, you know, you don't walk around wearing a shirt of a team you cover, right? Well, because I'm not going out, and I know there's not going to be a reason for me to go out, I've got this one Gator shirt, okay? It was given to me um, when I coached, and again, I cannot put enough sarcastic quotations around that. 
in the spring game when Will Muschamp was here. And he, literally when they handed it to me, I went, yeah, I can't wear this. And the reason is, look, we're supposed to be unbiased journalists. But as you know, if you know anything about me, I tend to buy T-shirts of teams that knock off teams I don't like. So I've got, you know, I've got some nice shirts. I got a Gonzaga shirt who beat FSU last year in the NCAA tournament. I've got a Boise State shirt. I think the reasons there are obvious. I've got a, I've got several shirts because I want to wear T-shirts of sports teams. I like I like I have got several Brave shirts as well. But I've got this one Gator shirt, and I never wear it. Never wear it. Today I pulled it out. You know, I just said, "What the heck? Let's just <laughs> let's just wear it because it's a nice shirt. I like the shirt." Uh, so just don't tell anybody I'm wearing it. Okay. All right, so here's the thing I want to talk about, the main reason I want to talk on this podcast, um, and that is that we are dealing, obviously, with this pandemic situation, and we don't know what is exactly going to happen with college football. Nobody knows. Everybody's got guesses. Everybody's making contingency plans. There are so many contingency plans out there. That um, because you have to have them, you've got to try to figure out what you're going to do um, if this goes on for X X number of days or X number of months or X number. Uh, you know, does it take away the entire football season? Um, so I'm just going to run a few of the possibilities by you, but none of us know. You know, none of us have any real idea, even the people who are going to make the major decisions. And look, this is about TV. This is about uh, revenue, as we all know. And it's also I think there's a part of it. I, I know that we are all kind of jonesing for sports and there's no question about it. We are we are ridiculously upset that we don't have sports to watch, but there are more important things. And uh, things that we think are of great value really aren't of that great value. I think Nick Saban said that during the uh, tornadoes that went to Alabama and went to Tuscaloosa. They're not of great value, but they're great for us and we enjoy them and we love them and we miss them. And we're having to figure out how to get through the next few months without any sports, maybe until after the, the start of the new year. We just don't know. Um, and that's the thing. Everybody's got a different theory, a different, you know, it's kind of I, I don't have any problem with anybody saying, here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I think they're going to play. That's fine. That's just an opinion. It's not even necessarily overly educated opinion, because I don't think even Dr. Fossey or, or the administration or Dr. Fox or Scott Strickland really know what we're going to ha- what's going to happen, but we can at least look at the options. And there was a great story by Dennis Dodd, uh, CBS Sports, who friend, good friend of mine. We actually had him on the radio the other day, uh, and he was talking about possibilities. and And the thing that that kind of uh, drove me crazy about this is football coaches are so tone deaf sometimes. And when they when they like his pos- his three scenarios were camp starts June first or we're back and guys are on campus and you're not going to be able to do anything until people get on campus and uh, 
you know, football players or whatever get on campus and can go through a lot of conditioning and stuff like that. Because as much as you condition at home and get in shape, there's only so much you can do. Um, you're not getting in the same kind of shape. Uh, so the possibility of a June 1st, the possibility of July 1st, the possibility of August 1st, and the different scenarios. The thing that drove me crazy reading this is coaches saying, well, we need if we don't have two months to get our team ready, um, we, we couldn't have a season. We wouldn't be ready to have a season. And I'm like, why not? I don't, I don't get your, your – living in a dream world if you think we're going to have a college football season that is going to be like any other we've ever had. You may not be as sharp as you want to be on, on the first game you play. You may not be as in good a shape as you want to be in the first game you play. And and there are things that you're not going to be able to do that maybe you would have done. You're not going to install as much stuff. If we get to September, and I know like Notre Dame plays in that first game against Navy in Dublin, at least that's the plan. Um, But if we get to that point where we're actually having a game, it ain't going to be the best thing in the world. It's going to be sloppy. But that should be the least of your concerns. You know, I mean, I, I just don't know why coaches kind of act like they need it to be a certain level of peak performance and a certain level of we got to have all this stuff happen. We didn't have springs. So we got to do this, blah, 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 blah. If we have a football game between two teams running up and down the field, everybody's going to be thrilled. Everybody's going to be happy. May not end up the way you wanted to, but that, so you've got that. And then there's the other Possibility that makes college football fans all over the country wince, and that is that we may not see it at all this fall. And that's a real possibility. Um, we have to be prepared for all of it. We may have a season that starts in October. We may have a season that starts in January. There's even at least one discussion that's out there. And remember, this is all ADs, conference commissioners, people like that, talking about the possibilities and what what could we do if that's all everything is right now it's not like everybody anybody is saying other than canceling things nobody is saying hey we need to have a plan that is set in stone nobody's saying that but you there's at least a possibility of having spring football in college football that the, the the league the actual I'm sorry not the league but the uh the game would games would be in the spring so hey look you, you used to having a spring game anyway you used to working out in the spring anyway maybe that's a possibility uh how weird would that be and that's the thing we don't know right now I do think it's easier to get a team on the field than some coaches want to make you believe because they just want the best they can do to be on the field. You know, Coach Spurrier was on Paul Feinbaum yesterday, I believe it was. And he said, hey, look, you give them a month. Give us a month. You can get a team ready. Okay, so if we don't have a vaccine before November 1st, maybe maybe the season starts in December. 
And and obviously, okay, so the bowl system is going to be all messed up and the playoffs are going to be all messed up. These are the least of our concerns. I mean, there's there's one overriding concern for everybody in America right now. We all know what that is. But for sports fans and for college football fans, the only concern could, should be, hopefully, we have football again. Now, I'm not going to be a doomsday sayer, and I'm not trying to be overly negative. I think there are people that are a little bit out of whack with it. One of them being the NFL, which basically had a conference call, I think it was yesterday, and and saying, well, you know, we don't think we can do OTAs, and we maybe limited some in our our, uh, summer camps, but uh, we're planning on starting the season on time. Well, good, good luck with that. And I hope that that happens, and I hope you're not putting revenue and finances ahead of player and fan safety. And that's the thing you have to understand. That for fans, it is really going to be weird that first game back. I, I've told this story before, but I remember the week after 9-11. If you remember, Florida was going to play Tennessee. Obviously, that got canceled. And the next Friday, Robbie and I got on a plane very early in the morning. Uh, the sun was just coming up. And we got on a plane to go to Lexington, to Kentucky. And I just remember the eeriness in this, like you're taking very cautious steps to go up that ramp just to get on the plane because you know what happened um, a week ago. I guess it was more than a week ago, but it was 10 days ago with with airplanes. And we were we were nervous. We were shaky. Uh, going up there. And then I remember there were a couple of players, football players from Florida that were going home because they weren't playing in the game. And I said, ah, we can, we can probably take anybody with these guys, but it was just a weird feeling. It's going to be even more weird for this when you've been told and, you know, to social distance for so long. And, uh, obviously you're doing everything you can not to catch this disease. And then all of a sudden, Hey, let's all pile into a big stadium with 80,000, 90,000 people, whatever it is. You know, I was talking to the guy from uh, the play-by-play guy for Eastern Washington because one thing we're going to do is um, a uh, a series of, of stories that are going to highlight Florida's opponents. We've got to do it. We've got to come up with content of, of some kind, and that's our idea. You know, it's, it's, it was kind of funny because Robbie and I and Arnold met about three weeks ago when all this was starting to go crazy and said, look, we've got to come up with ideas. And it was like being at Saturday Night Live and you're pitching ideas at Arnold. How about this? How about this? And that was one of them we're going to do. But anyway, the point was talking to the guy from Eastern Washington and he's, um, you know, he's talking about how their, their players are so excited about coming to the swamp and seeing what SEC football is like. They've never played an SEC team before, and they're so excited about it. And I'm like, well, A, tell all the players to go sit in a sauna for about two weeks before the game, and th- that's what the temperature's going to be like. And B, I don't even know why we're having this conversation because I don't think that game's going to be played. But but who knows? Maybe it will be. Um, so... All that stuff's going on. I want to get into some economics of uh, football and uh, what it, what this not having football may mean. Also, uh, college baseball players and softball players get their eligibility back. I will have uh, I will talk 
a little bit about the lists we've been doing. And uh, as well, we'll get three things because that's a, a staple here on the Duly Noted Podcast. You're listening to it on Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. No one gets you ready to celebrate like the team at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You want great prices in a giant selection? They've got it. You need convenient locations, online ordering, and fast service? ABC's got you covered. Get a jump on this month's deals at abcfws.com. Visit any of their 123 Florida stores today for free samples or get expert advice from their beer, wine, or spirits experts. Don't forget a cigar in their walk-in humidor. ABC is Florida family-owned and operated since 1936. ABC. Always be celebrating. By the way, when I mentioned the NFL, it was funny. And I don't want to say funny. I don't know. Sometimes they say it's, it's odd or it's sensational or it's uh, eye-opening. And I say the word funny. Funny is not always the right word. Adam Schefter today on ESPN just going off on the NFL. I mean, when, when you're biting the hand that feeds you like he is in, in this case, um, that was pretty stunning, I think, was maybe the right word to, to use. Um, but I think, there, there, look, there is this argument to be made. Let's plan for everything to start on time. Because if some, if this thing does turn and we all of a sudden get it under control, when there's a vaccine, you're not going to be able to play football without a vaccine. If you can do, if you can get all that stuff done at a, at a faster rate than maybe some people predicted, maybe we can start it on time and you want to be prepared. So I get that argument. What I don't get is the argument is yeah, we're going to start on time no matter what. And if that's your argument, it's a bad argument. Um, I do think that in America, we are getting smarter on this whole thing as a, as a nation. Uh, as, it, it, as it gets more bleak, we get smarter and people are not doing as many stupid things as maybe in the first couple of weeks. And and certainly, you know, some of the people just doing ridiculous thing. The guy videoing himself licking a toilet and then guess what? He came down with it. So those are those are I think people are getting smarter. But here's one thing I wonder about because we don't know. You know, I talked about what the sport itself will look like, college football, when we if, if when we come back. Because I, look, I would I don't know if I can live in a world where we never have college football again. So we just don't know when. It may not be until the spring. It may be next year. We may miss a whole season. Um, who knows? Or it could be, you know, Eastern Washington. But I do believe that when it does come back, it is going to be a different looking sport. And I think the fans are going to be in a different kind of feeling about tailgating and everything, for, especially at the beginning. Um, but, you know, there, there's been a suggestion that 
fans uh, are realizing now, well, you know, I don't really need sports. You know, I've, I've gone all this time without it. I'm not coming back to sports. Wrong. They are coming back and they are going to be, once they get the all safe, they are going to be, I would think this, you might see in 2021, this is going to sound ridiculous, college football attendance has been dropping, dropping, dropping. You may see it go up once they realize how much they miss it, because we all do. We miss all sports. But obviously, we don't know what the sport's going to look like when we start playing. We also don't know what budgets are going to look like all around the country for athletic departments, because it's not just the lack of revenue you may have from college football that's going to be an issue. It's obviously what is going to happen to our economy. Uh, and it already is happening to our economy with so many layoffs and so many people just having losing their jobs via Zoom videos and and texts and and emails. And it doesn't mean that we're, our economy is going to get back, certainly not quickly, and maybe not never at all to the levels it was at. Um, so it, this could affect things like skybox sales. It can affect things like season tickets. Will ticket prices come down, especially at the beginning when we get back? These are all things that are interesting. Again, not over, overwhelmingly important, but they're interesting. Do coaches' salaries start coming down? If you're not creating as much revenue, you can't continue to pay the coaches. In fact, I'm wondering when a, there's going to be a coach who's going to say, look, I'm taking a 10% pay cut because we're not doing anything right now. And I, you know, we're still, but I guess they are still recruiting. Uh, guys are still committing. So I'm not even sure. I, it's a dead period for recruiting, but I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how much they're having. I guess if a guy calls you, you can talk to him. I don't know. But what we may see, especially if we, if there's a huge drop in revenue for football this year, you can see, and schools are already talking about it. ADs are already talking about it. Uh, sports getting dropped. I don't think that would happen at Florida. And, you know, Scott Strickland told us the other day that because of the lack of money they spend, they're spending right now on road games and stuff like that and recruiting, that they're probably going to have a wash based on the fact that the, uh, everybody is not going to get the same kind of money they usually get from the NCAA basketball term. The NCAA basketball term is a huge revenue for, getter for, for the NCAA and for um, obviously for the schools. Uh, but that will be a wash. Now, not having a football season will be a whole different story. That's the other thing I wonder about. The NCAA uses that revenue to run all of these uh, championships, you know, Division Three lacrosse or whatever. Um, whether they're going to be affected by it. But I would hate to see schools have to drop sports. You know, for example, you could see somebody drop, you know, wrestling in, in some place. Of course, Florida did that many years ago. Um, I was actually the wrestling SID at one time in Florida, believe it or not. I'll give you an example. And I, I, tr- I looked at Florida's budget. You know, the, it's very complicated. Ticket sales, though, for Florida football last year, $26 million. The All the other sports combined, including basketball, $3.6 million. F- football made $47 million. Basketball made $2.4 million. The All other sports, 
had a negative of $32 million. But that's the way the, the economic uh, structure is for college sports. Football brings in the money. You get a little bit from basketball. If you're at a place like LSU or Mississippi State, maybe you get a little plus from in fact, I think I, I know I was looking at Ross Dellinger did a, a chart on that where um, it showed how much baseball was actually in the plus, like by a couple million bucks at a, at a place like that. And then everybody else loses money. Yeah, but that's the way it's set up. It's structured that way. You still want to have all these sports. You want to have people something to watch. You want people you want to offer participation. You want to be um, you know, you want to be a big part of the ac- academic and athletic scene. So. The point is, though, without football, and I don't know that the average fan kind of grasps, even though we always say this, we always say football pays the bill, bills, right? I'm not sure how many of the average fans really understand just how dynamic it is, football is, revenue-wise. Because it's not just ticket sales. It's boosters. It's TV money, which is through the roof, as we all know. And that TV money for basketball, most of it goes to the NCAA, which then distributes a, a portion of it. So, um, you know, it, it is go- it's an interesting situation to deal with. Um, I did want to talk about the eligibility issue with uh, baseball and, and spring sports getting their eligibility back they get to play another year it's going to be really interesting to see because the coaches it's still up to them whether they give them the scholarships or not i think most of them will in fact i wouldn't be surprised if a majority of them do if a guy had come back to play and and that's the thing i was thinking about is how if you've come back for your senior year you probably will want to come back again for your new senior year because you you weren't going to be drafted high at all uh, maybe you love your teammates. Maybe you love playing college baseball. Maybe this is as far as you're ever going to go. So I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like that come back. Uh, and I, I was curious about softball. I've been trying to make some inquiries about both baseball and softball. I, I got a feeling coaches at Florida are kind of on their own lockdown. And I, I don't know if it's they want one voice or what's going on there, but Yeah, for example, I'd love to talk to Mike White about a lot of things. I get that he can't really get into his roster and what it's going to look like because he doesn't know who might declare for the draft. All he knows is who he signed and who and that Dante Bassett and Gorjan Gak aren't with the team anymore. That's it. So he doesn't have to answer those questions. He and he, I don't blame him for that part of it. But there are a lot of things we'd like to talk to him about. But. We've been trying to set it up for, for weeks, actually since the end of the NC, SEC tournament. When I was up there, I actually tried to call him that that night, I believe, or maybe it was the next day. Nothing. And this, this I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to come out of the cone of silence eventually because I think people want to hear from all of them. But I do understand this part of it. If you're Kevin O'Sullivan, for example, You've got to examine what you've got scholarship-wise. Just because the NCAA has said it, yeah, you give these guys another year of eligibility and they're, they don't count against your uh, 11.7 scholarships. Maybe you got a third baseman coming in 
that you think is going to be great and you really don't – the senior third baseman. No, I'm just saying as an example because I think the actually the third baseman Florida's got coming in probably is going pro. But um, so you've still got that decision to make and maybe they don't want to get into it until then. So I get it. I understand it. I, I just I like to talk to guys. Now, the interesting thing is – most of my conversations with coaches have been with former Florida coaches. I've had a lot of talks with Steve Spurrier. Had a lot of talk, uh, I, and I want to plug what we'll have in the paper Thursday and online Thursday. I had a long conversation with Billy Donovan about the 06 and 07 national championships because the anniversaries are coming up tomorrow, being Thursday and Friday. Um, the 07 is Thursday, the 06 is Friday. So we're, it's a kind of an oral history we're going to run with that. Um, so that's, but it, it's, it's good. They did the right thing in letting those guys have your year back. I don't, I get why they didn't do it with the, the winter sports. I think then you're, you're just taking on too much of a financial burden for the schools when you add that layer uh, onto it, especially with an unknown, economic future for every place on every college in the world because it is unknown so i get that um one comment i want to make about the lists that we we did and they're finally done today i actually had a list of the other guys um and I, I've gotten a lot of feedback on on different things. Yeah, I agree with this. Don't agree with this. And that's why you have lists. That's what lists are about. I uh, got one today about Chris Collinsworth. Why was he not in the top ten receivers? That's a tough nut to crack right there, because the wide receivers at Florida, thanks to Steve Spurrier, uh, to get in that top ten was not easy. In fact, I think it was the toughest one to get into. Linebacker was pretty difficult, also, but I think. Um, you know, wide receiver was ridiculously hard. So Collinsworth had three really nice years. His first year was actually his best year. They may have wasted a year with him playing safety. I'll never forget that game. It would have been 77. They're playing FSU. And he comes up to try to tackle Larry Key, and Key puts a move on him and literally buried him into the AstroTurf. He had no business playing that position. But... Look, we we have, we left a lot of great players off those lists. I there's no way you're going to get you know, I, we left a bunch of in fact what I did for today's paper and for our for today's website and I'm, again we're recording this on Wednesday was that I did a uh, the other guys I called it uh, which was here's a team of guys who were probably worthy of this but we just couldn't fit them in or it was a matter of opinion and pretty good list there and then I could have done it Another team and another team after that. So many great players have come through here. But I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and I hope you've enjoyed everything we're trying to do uh, as we go forward with this um, situation because nobody's playing anything, and uh, this is kind of what we we thrive on is, especially this time of year, for example, get, normally you would have spring football, Gator baseball, number one in the country, softball, top 10, all that stuff going on, track, you know, chance to win another national title. Uh, We'd be all, you know, you'd be going to a lot of games. And now all of a sudden you're like, hey, hey, what do I write about? We we can't write about anything current. Very little has been made available to us. I want to give Mary Howard a shout out for setting us up with a couple of Zoom uh, 
opportunities with uh, Deanna Rose yesterday, although I missed that one, and um, Trini Thomas earlier in the week, last week. Uh, so we're just trying to do what we can to give you stuff, and I think a lot of people have told me how much they appreciate it. You know, I probably should have taken a break. I'm not used to doing this on my phone. So why don't we do that? We'll take a break. Then we'll come back with three things on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. It's time for three things. All right, number one, um, shout out to Dolly Park. Everybody who's ever donated any amount of money for anything. I, I, I think the world of people who have money and donated, but she donated a million dollars to the Vanderbilt people that are working on a cure. Um, Dolly Parton is one of the most unbelievable people in the world. Never met her. I can't say that from uh, experience, but I, I have a lot of respect for her. I'm not a big fan of country music, but I'm a big fan of Dolly Parton. There's no question about it. Number two, my new sport watching thing is not watching old games, although I've watched a few here and there. I actually watched a little bit of the Braves Mets from 2001 after 9-11 the other night, but that, in the end I was bored by it. But it's it's what everybody around the country is doing, and that is binge-watching series. So that's my new sports. So, like, I'm fired up because tonight I get to watch season, or um, the – I'm sorry, episodes 9 and 10 of Ozark. Now, I made a huge mistake and watched Tiger King last Sunday, being binge-watched it the whole day. I didn't want to do that. So I'm trying to, under with Ozark, I'm taking them one at a time. and then. But the last two, I feel like i I got to watch them both. I cannot wait for tonight. So at least it's kind of giving me something to look forward to. But I highly recommend Ozark. I highly recommend Tiger King. There's a lot of great stuff. Thank goodness for Netflix. In fact, I think, well, maybe not. I'm, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say that. All right, so that's my new sports for right now. And number three, you know, everybody out there is doing brackets and lists and Mount Rushmore's. And normally in the summer, I always I, I, I think to myself, come on, you can't be more creative than that than coming up with ideas for stories and stuff like that. I don't hey look, I don't blame anybody. If you can get if you can kill two hours of a radio show or you can come up with something that people are responding to on Twitter, anything that's a, either a distraction or just gives you content, anything you do is fine with me. And I've seen all these things that um, people keep putting out, you know, on on Twitter where, you know, name your five favorite people you've met, stuff like that. Everything is fine right now. Just don't do any April Fool's jokes today. Again, if you're listening to this Thursday, you're going, well, April Fool's was yesterday. Is that your April Fool's joke? No. April Fool's jokes are never good. They're stupid. They're bad. I believe in dealing with the truth not fantasy. So I, I've never been a fan of those those kind of things, but just stay away from those. Okay? 
right. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I'm, I'm sorry that we don't have a game to talk about. Uh, I'll try to do one again next week. And, um, you know, we'll just keep coming up with content as we go forward. Appreciate everybody uh, for listening in. If you clicked on here, uh, you're my boys and girls and men and women and people uh, that have helped support this podcast for so long. So until next time, I am Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across skater country, visit ViStarCU.org and ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating.